Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Well, we want to share, oh, what a great day in the house. I want to share for a few moments part of the Christmas story because I, I love December because you can just talk about different aspects of the Christmas story. Luke chapter 1 is the story of when the angel comes to Mary and talks about her is going to uh, give birth to Jesus. Can you imagine that? She was just a young lady, probably in her um, in mid-teens or at uh, late teens at the oldest. This is the story, Luke 1, 26. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to the unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and so you are anointed with great favour. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear. That's a word for some of us today. Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. What a surprise. You will become pregnant and the Lord God will enthrone him as king on his ancestor David's throne. He will reign as king of Israel forever and his reign will have no limit. Well, we need to be reminded of that in our crazy political world we live in now and the political correctness and all things. Hey, Jesus still reigns without limit. And we need to not let fear rule our hearts because Jesus is still reigning. Mary said, but how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you and almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. Wow. This is why the child born to you will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your aged aunt, Elizabeth, has also become pregnant with a son. And that was another supernatural story. The barren one is now in her sixth month. Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. That's a word for us today too. For no promise from God is empty of power. So it's not just words, but the power comes to fulfill the promise. And I want you to think about today some of the promises God's given you that haven't yet been fulfilled because if a promise comes from the scripture or from prophetic or a knowing in your heart, God gives the power for it to be fulfilled. Let's not cut the power off. Let's not turn our back away, uh, work away from that, but God will provide. Then it says, Then Mary responded saying, This is amazing. I will accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. Now just think about this. She was going to become pregnant as an engaged but not yet married person. And back then that was a huge taboo. In the society's eyes, she's probably committed adultery and deserved to be stoned. There was going to be huge social rejection. There was going to be a lot of questions. Even Joseph saying, hey, what's going on here? There was just so much, but she said, I don't understand with my head, but I know this is the word of the Lord, and whatever you've said, I surrender to your word. That is a very, very powerful step of faith. I've, put, I've named the message today, Demands on Your Faith. 
God came and put a demand on Mary's faith that she could have easily walked away. So that's too difficult an assignment. Love and the supernatural power to fulfill it. She knew it was the word of the Lord. And that demand on her faith, she pushed in instead of pushing back. And God's calling us as a church to press in, not pull back. He's calling us to step up, not step down. He's calling us to keep on moving forward, not stand still. He's calling us to arise and fulfill what God's called us to do individually and corporately for His glory. Because He is Lord. And we can choose to stand still, to step back, or to press in and say, Lord, whatever you've promised, it will come to pass. And I believe that God's stirring our heart. The demand on Mary's faith regarding her being the earthly mother of Jesus, she responded with courage, with faith, with trust to the amazing role that God was asking of her. She was chosen by God to be the mother of Jesus, the Son of Man and the Son of God. Absolutely amazing. What an incredible role, a demand on her faith, but she responded. A couple of thoughts on this story. In, it says the Aramaic word translated Galilee here means revealed. It's only fitting that God would first be revealed in a village in Galilee. Nazareth, where he lived, means branch. Jesus grew up as the branch of the Lord in the city of the branch. How amazing is that? No word in the Bible is there without significance. We just don't understand some of the powerful uh, pictures that, that God gives. So Jesus was revealed in Galilee. In Luke one twenty six, this she was betrothed to Joseph. It was normally a period of 12 months, like an engagement. But unfaithfulness on the part, angel speaking, she's going through all of this saying, this does not add up. This is a very dangerous assignment that God's given me. Some of you have seen the Mission Impossible movies or some of those uh, guerrilla things. This was a huge, dangerous mission that she was about to enter in. But she said, Lord, I understand it, but it's your word, so I will respond. When it says, the angel said, the Lord is with you, it signified that Jesus, our master, was being conceived in her womb by the Spirit of God. That's a miraculous conception and birth. Truly powerful. So when we sing some of those carols, we need to think a little bit deeper about the power of what these words really meant. The Greek word used as a metaphor when it says, he will overshadow you. It's the metaphor, it's spread his shadow over you, is also the word used at Jesus' transfiguration at when the glory of God overshadowed them. It's the same word. So when Jesus, remember he picked Peter, James and John, and even Peter messed it up, saying, hey, let's build some tabernacle. This is awesome. We're going to stay here and party forever here. This is too good. He didn't bring the other nine with him because they might have messed it up even more. But it says as they're there, it says, the glory of God came down from heaven Moses and Elijah appeared, which represented the law and the prophets to confirm that Jesus was the promised Messiah. It says the cloud of glory overcame them. They couldn't see. And then for Father from heaven spoke, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And Peter backed off pretty quick then. 
But it's the same word that when Jesus was physically glorified there on that mountain, it's the same word that, that when Jesus overshadowed Mary and what was conceived in her was of the Holy Spirit. And there's a whole lot of things conceived in our hearts and minds by the Holy Spirit and we need to keep surrendering to that and saying, God, let your will be done. How often do we short circuit or give up too quick on the things that God's promised you and our church and our community for his glory? In uh, verse 35, Jesus Christ is holy, born without sin in his bloodline, for the Father was God Almighty. He would become the only perfect sacrifice to wake, take away our sin and remove its power <coughs> and penalty from us. So because Mary was the mother, but the Father God by the Holy Spirit was the Father, he had pure, unstained blood in his body. Human blood, there was a, it was perfect blood so therefore it was the perfect sacrifice how amazing is our God and when you start to look at this you start to understand a whole lot of the songs that we sing a whole lot of the words we say the power of it and in verse 37 this verse can be translated in two different ways there is nothing impossible with God or the word of God will never fail the translator has chosen to include both of them so we don't miss the power of it so it says, there's nothing impossible with God and the word of God will never fail. Wow, that's a word of courage and that puts wind in our sails. What words has God given you for your family, for your marriage, for your health, for your children, for your career, for your ministry? What promises has God given us for our city and our community, for the broken and the lost? What words has God given you? He says it will never fail. But we've got to choose to respond like Mary did and saying, Lord, let it be done to me as your word says. That's the demand of a response of faith that we need to do, not just in the the moment when God speaks to us at an altar call or in your own time or in a worship service like this morning where God gives you a word, yes, you can be free. You can have that incredible sense of yes. But on Tuesday night when the temptation comes, that's when you've got to say, God, you've promised it and I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to mix faith with this word and I refuse to give up because you have overshadowed me and I'm going to live and what's conceived of me will be fulfilled. In the Amplified, it says in verse 37 and 38, For with God, nothing is or ever shall be impossible. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Wow. Not according to my feelings, not according to my circumstances, not according to other people's opinions about me or what God might want to do in and through me because we let those things rule us so often. Not according to my fear or anxiety coming from my broken past because we often listen to that voice a lot harder than we do the word of the Lord which promises freedom, breakthrough and his victory. The... Uh, it's interesting, then you go a little bit further in the verse and we have Mary's song, Mary's magnificent song. 
And we look at it in the Passion Version, verse 46 of Luke 1. And Mary sang this song. Hope she was a good singer, because it was powerful. Words are powerful. I'm sure she was, <clears throat> just like my wife. And Mary sang this song. My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. This is just after the angels left. This is her response. She just burst into song. My spirit bursts with joy over my life-giving God, for he set his tender gaze upon me, his lowly servant girl, and from here on, everyone will know that I have been favoured and blessed. The mighty one has worked a mighty miracle for me. Holy is his name. Mercy kisses all his godly lovers from one generation to the next. What a beautiful, beautiful song. Mary, just with all of her heart, like you were worshiping today, all of your heart just saying, God, whatever you've said, I will surrender and I will be willing to be your vessel. That's all God asks. None of us will be asked to do what Mary did. Jesus only came once. But he calls us sometimes with demands or challenges or stretching things and we're saying, God, how on earth could that happen through me? How could that happen through our church? How could that happen through our youth group or for our family? But as we respond with a heart of faith, you will see the miraculous of God because God just needs a willing vessel and someone who's willing to agree with his word by faith and then he's, he's away. That's all he's looking for. And that's what he's doing in our hearts and our lives. God will sometimes put demands on our faith through prophecies and promises, through tests or trials, through temptations, through challenging and stretching situations. But if you keep responding, you grow during these times if you respond to the Lord. And God's calling us today to keep responding even in the stretching, challenging, overwhelming time. When the dream or the vision of the prophecy comes, you think, whoa, that's right out there. God, I can hardly believe that could ever happen. But the little bit of faith I've got is going to reach out and connect with that promise. Because a prophecy and a scripture is God speaking about your, His preferred future for your life or for our city or our community. That's what he's speaking. He's drawing you forward from where we are now into the, the larger place of the impossible things of God over our community. That's why I'm just crazy enough to believe that God can continue to transform our city and our community. That we can have dozens of churches like ours all over our city touching our community and seeing lives transform. That's why we, we take a hold of what God's promised and step into it. We don't let reason or anxiety or fear hold us back. The message said there that don't let, don't give in to your, don't yield to your fear. Wow, that's, she had to address that and not yield to it, but yield to God. Too often we yield to our fears and our limitations. Say, well, I'm not educated enough or I don't know how to do it. I'm not sure how to do this parenting thing very well. And so we settle for less, way less than what God's calling us to he's putting a demand on our faith that will grow us just uh two weeks ago uh pastor peter and tim we went down to hear a prophet michael maiden down in uh, brisbane at ic church a true man of god which we've heard once before and i know he's incredibly accurate but carries a spirit of faith 
and uh, he had a prophetic word over me that day and I won't read it all but there's a couple parts I just wanted to highlight because it is so so powerful and so profound and I walked up in front of him he's never met me personally and uh, he said Pastor Ross you have a great heart you are such an encourager you can you can work out whether he's right or not in America we call a person that grows things good a green-thumbed stories about growing things I saw like this beautiful greenhouse. It was your ministry, your church. And there was all these beautiful exotic plants just flourishing. So your exotic plants flourishing out there today. Who's the big tall palm tree? <laughs> People flourish under your ministry because you are healthy. You're emotionally healthy and spiritually and you create a healthy environment. So you've created this beautiful culture. I just declare this over to you. God loves to multiply healthy things. I declare a season of multiplication to your whole ministry. You keep doing. He is breathing upon. He is calling it forth into increase. And that can only be explained as an act of God, a move of God. So thank God this season. Then there was a couple other things that were more personal for Marilyn and I. Then it says, you have a great staff, great sons and great daughters around you, and they're going to start to flourish and prosper around you. I see two property miracles, two related things. So I loosen the grace of God in the realms of your property. One close and one in extension. God do miracles through Pastor Ross in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's give him praise. <clears throat> and there were other aspects that were more personal for us and our journey but it, it just so stirred our spirit and, and I think God you bring revelation like came to Mary you bring prophecies you bring scriptures you bring stories to us running out of uh, battery I think you bring stories to us that will transform our lives but like that, I have to choose to respond to faith to a word like that. You can get a word from God and a scripture or promise, say, well, God, I'm going to sit back and watch this happen. And to way too many of us think, well, God said it's going to happen. Yes and no. He's sovereign, but we have to choose like Mary and say, Lord, I surrender to your word. I choose to respond by faith. I choose to put some action to it that we're going to pray. We're going to prepare that culture so people can flourish and thrive in our environment. That's what Marilyn and I have done for 17 years here. Pre pre prepare a culture where people can flourish, be healed, be restored, be saved and grow and flourish and that's what God's doing and I believe it's it's now acceleration time it is time that song I love that song your presence is an open door I see breakthrough coming every time I sing that the spirit of God's just leaping inside of me and I just say I'm 190 centimeters tall but I feel like about 25 meters tall when I sing that song because because I can just see the power of God. And every time I sing it, I'm reminded of the open vision God gave me three years ago. It was three years ago, last month in November, that we were worshipping just in a service like today. And next minute, I start to see this huge statue of Jesus like uh, in Rio de Janeiro, just before the Olympics, that 90-foot statue. 
I saw that picture of Jesus. And as we worshipped, it changed from a statue of stone and metal into a living Christ standing over our city of Harvey Bay. And as we worshipped, I saw it as clear as anything. And I, we were worshipping, but I'm seeing this open vision in my spirit as we were worshipping. And every time I sing that song, it reminds me of what I saw in the spirit. And I said, Lord, what's that? And in his right hand, he had this huge big sword. A glowing sword. I said, what's that for? He said, that's to cut off and destroy the works of the evil one from the people of this city and this community. And his left hand, he had this huge big bucket, like a huge big tank container. It was just full and spilling over of clear liquid. I said, Lord, what's that? He said, that is living water and liquid love that I'm going to pour over the people of this city and community. And as I watched in the spirit, I saw Jesus moving up and down in the heavens. It was like he was just moving across our city. And whenever, as he moved, there was some of that liquid spilled out. And whatever person or house or community it touched, there was transformation happening in their lives. It was so powerful. I'm, by then, I'm, I'm face eating carpet because I was just so overcome by what Jesus showed me. And I was weeping in his presence. That's three years and one month ago, and I just, every time I sing that song and others, it comes back again and it starts burning in my heart. Whenever the pressure comes and the needs come and you think, God, how's it going to happen? The Spirit of God will send a prophet. He'll send a scripture. He'll send a story or a testimony, and we see lives getting transformed and baptized, and every time I say, God, you're doing it. God, you're doing it. Show us how to keep responding and surrendering more and more and more to your purpose. Oh, gee, that's why I live excited. That's why I get up every day. I know that God has taken us on a powerful journey. And we have individual journeys and we have corporate journeys. And as leaders, that's what I see in the power of God. John 16, 33. And everything I've taught you, this is Jesus speaking, is that so that the peace which is in you, in me, will be in you. And will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. Jesus told the truth. We get a, a prophecy, a promise. Wow, it's awesome to be a Christian. Yeah, but we live in a broken world where the enemy's still real. And there are trials and problems and challenges to overcome. An unbelieving world. But you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. That's the word for you today. No matter what you're facing, what battles in your mind or your heart or your family or your situation, what fears might come and try and overwhelm you, what traumas of the past try and swamp you, hey, don't be overshadowed by your past. Be overshadowed by the presence of Jesus as he takes you to your future. That's what you've got to speak and believe in. And Jesus said, hey, there's challenges, but... Step up and step out and go for what God's called us to do. And I believe God's taking us on this incredible journey of faith. He's raising up men and women, sons and daughters in our church for his kingdom and his glory. And many are stepping up and say, hey, we're going to step up and serve. We're going to get involved because the Spirit of God has said, hey, we can only do it as a team. We can only do it as a family. We do it individually and then we do it corporately. Jesus didn't always promise. But he did promise peace, blessing, 
favor and breakthroughs as we continue to live by faith and trust him. We've got this whole Western, cruisy Christianity that's all about being comfortable and happy. If you have a look at what Jesus taught, he never ever promised that. We've sort of added that in as a nice, convenient way to do life. Jesus' abundant life is full of amazing things. Peace and hope and, and joy and love and all that. But he doesn't promise comfort. Hey, Mary's life very comfortable during that nine months. She would have been ostracized, rejected. People might have been threatening to take her out. Joseph didn't understand. God had to come to him in a dream, so he didn't uh, divorce her. Whoa, that wasn't a comfortable journey. But it was also the most amazing journey that helped bring Jesus to earth. There are times in our lives where it's not comfortable or convenient, but it's powerful because you're doing what God's called you to do. And he promises, I've overcome the world. I will give you courage and strength to walk through the limitations. I will do the impossible, for with God all things are possible to him that believes. But if you've got a con a conviction or a feeling, well, it's got to be comfortable and it's got to fit my preference. Wow. Jesus never said that your neighbours will be people that you will necessarily like naturally. <laughs> he doesn't even promise that the person that comes to your life group or your ministry team is going to be someone that you would naturally get on with. He doesn't promise that everyone's going to wear the clothes that you think are acceptable. Or they got the right hairdo. He doesn't promise that the church servers are going to go the right length that you think they should. Whether they should be shorter or longer. He doesn't promise any of that. But we get these misconceptions about our convenience and preferences and we think that's God's word. No, that's just personal preference. Let's, let's make sure we don't trip up on those things. Or the, the types of songs we sing. So, well, why don't we sing more new ones or old ones or fast or slow? That's all preference. That's not kingdom of God. That's just preference. God's not against that, but you don't let that rule you. You see where we get? Or in our families, sometimes parents want their kids to follow in their steps instead of saying, if you follow God, he, you will help train them up in the way they should go, not the way you think they should go. How many parents have stumbled over that one? We all do. You see, we get preferences mixed up with truth and convictions. And God's made us different, so we have preference. And that's not wrong, but when you try to impose that on others, when God's got a different agenda or a bigger picture, we get ourselves in trouble. We've all done it. That's not in my notes, so I'm not quite sure how we got down this track, but we're here. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> And you can look at that in all sorts of ways. Some of us love certain types of food. Mary Lynn loves garlic and spices. They make me sick. <laughs> I, I got an allergy to garlic and I physically get sick. When we first got married, she said, I'll fix him. So she dosed up everything. I ended up at the doctor's surgery getting, getting shots and I was really sick from overload because I've got an allergy to garlic. Her preference and my preference didn't quite work out. So we found a way to live life and still happily married 38 years later because we found that preferences don't have to rule the way we live. 
and we still live a very happy life. Occasionally she does a dish on the side and stokes it up. And I have my nice little plain food on the side here and I'm happy and she's happy. <laughs> See, we want kingdom, not just our preferences. You know, and some people say, well, how come we don't have deeper teaching at church? And how come we don't have, um, why don't we pre- preach right the way through the Bible? That's a great way to go, but it's not the way we can always do it. Because on a Sunday, we've got people who've never been in church in their life. And if I, if I go too deep, which I can, people will be choking on it. And if I go too shallow and just say everyone's got to be saved and do a nice five-minute message every day, everyone's going to say, there's no, no spiritual food here. I've got this journey from here to here every Sunday I preach. And I'm very aware of that. And I consider it when I'm praying and preparing. How am I going to connect with someone who's been saved for 50 years and has read the Bible more times than I have and someone who's never heard about Jesus and trying to work out, it, does Christmas have anything to do with Jesus? That's the sort of question they're asking. You think, that's, that's silly. No, it's not. That's where some people live. So we've got to do all of this. And so there's so many other areas. And uh, we won't wander down the volume in church. We won't go there because that's a bit of a dangerous path. Did you realize this morning when we were all clapping, we were doing about 95 decibels of singing and clapping and you couldn't hear the instruments because we're all happy and celebrating. I can't, I can't sort that one out. <laughs> God, help us. Help us to, to enjoy. Got down there. Let's get back to the word. The ultimate measure of a person is not where they stand in moments of comfort and convenience, but where they stand at times of challenge or controversy. A quote by Martin Luther King Jr. I'll say this one again. The ultimate measure of a person is not where they stand in moments of comfort and convenience, but where they stand at times of challenge or controversy. Wow, that's a powerful, powerful thought. We need to wrap this up. John 1, 14, in the message says, The Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. That's what it says. The Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Thank God Jesus moved into our neighborhood on earth. (laughs) I love the message version. It just sort of gets some word pictures there. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, Generous inside and out, true from start to finish. John pointed him out and called, this is the one. The one I told you was coming after me, but in fact was ahead of me. He has always been ahead of me, but always had, has always had the first word. We all live off his generous bounty, gift after gift after gift. We, get the ba- we got the basics from Moses, and then this exuberant giving and receiving. This endless knowing and understanding, all this came through Jesus, the Messiah. No one has ever seen God, not so much as a glimpse. This one-of-a-kind God expression, who exists at the very heart of the Father, has made him plain as day. Wow, that's beautiful. Jesus became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Thank God he came to earth. So to wrap this up today, how are we going to respond? 
Number one, you need to receive the word of God. Whatever God's spoken is speaking and will continue to speak. You need to receive it. Mary received the word, even though it was not convenient and not comfortable and probably going to be a huge struggle and challenge. For some of you, you've followed Christ, but your family is not yet followers of Jesus and they ridicule and persecute you and say all manner of evil about you because they don't understand just like you and I didn't understand until we encountered Jesus. So that's why we need grace and forgiveness because they're still on the journey of discovering what you've now seen and discovered. Let's not be religious. Let's be a bridge of connection. So receive the word. Secondly, you've got to believe the word like Mary did. God, what your word says, I believe it will come to pass even though my head's doing a thousand kilometers an hour right now thinking how on earth is this going to work out? But I receive it. I believe it. Thirdly, I confess it. She sings the song and says, my soul magnifies the Lord, my Saviour. She's the first one who declares that Jesus is her Saviour and He's not yet born. That's faith in action. Wow. So she declared it, confessed it in a song. Some of us should just stick to words, not worry about singing the song because we're not that good of singers. But confess it, declare it. The promised word, she received it, believed it, and then declared and confessed it. Consistent. I reckon she went over that word every day as a pregnancy. I reckon she went over that word regularly as Jesus grew up. I reckon she went over it again as he hung on the cross. She went over it again when he rose from the dead. She probably reminded herself when he went back to heaven, the Holy Spirit. At any of those points, as a mother's heart, she could have said, this is too painful, too hard. God, this is too hard an assignment and walked away. Or pushed aside and got back to a place of convenience and comfort far enough away from the glaze of what following God will bring. Wow. Receive, believe it, confess it, and the fourth thing, you've got to act on it. Some of us have these amazing promises and words, but we never do anything. God's called you to create things, but you're too scared to go to university and get trained. Or He's called you to be someone who can preach and, and lead people to Jesus, but you're too scared to talk to someone about Jesus and start the journey of becoming the amazing person of witness and evangelism that God's called you to be. You've got to put some action to your words. You've got to take some steps forward. And every day you repeat that word, for when nothing is impossible with God. For all things are possible to him that believes. Be it to me according to your word. Not other people's opinions, not my own fears, not my anxieties, not my broken past. Activate it. For no word from God will ever, ever, ever fail. Do you really believe that? Do we really believe it? If we do, some of our thinking and acting should be a little bit different. This is a word to me as well. Because I, I, I get all these incredible visions and promises. And then God reminds me and says, hey, don't forget. Don't forget because it's coming to pass. But you've got to continue to respond 
receive, believe, declare, and activate. Then she said, may your word to me be fulfilled. I am the Lord's servant. She saw herself as the Lord's servant. That's what we are today, the servants of the Lord. Let's stand in hands. Wow. My question is, what is the Holy Spirit asking of you today? What steps of faith is He calling you to take? Trust Him and believe His Word will be fulfilled. And we prayed for Max and Sue today. They're moving into their next season of destiny. And Pastor Tim and Lydia are moving to Brisbane in a few weeks' time. Four weeks' time, five weeks' time, we'll have our farewell service on the 13th of January. And the naturalists think, well, what's going on here? God, you said you're going to raise people up and you're moving them out. My natural mind used to wrestle with that every now and then. But then I see sometimes God shifts and then he lifts. And God, by his spirit, is positioning people for his kingdom. And there's a whole lot of people in this church that next year, by the end of next year, you'll be amazed at where you are and what you're doing in this church and community that you haven't been doing or you only play. I see it. Some of you are going to be doing stuff in the community, helping people and touching lives through your profession, through your skill, through your experience. You will be amazed in 12 months' time of what God has done in and through you because you've said, like Mary, I'm the Lord's servant. Here am I. Send me. Lord, I'm just available. So what are we going to do? We're going to receive the word. We're going to believe it. We're going to speak it. And then we're going to act on it. That's the story of Mary today. Let's close our eyes in his amazing presence today. Holy Spirit's been here all day just doing mighty works. I feel him calling some people. You're in church today. Maybe you hadn't intended on coming, but you ended up here and someone invited you or you've been here for a while, but the Spirit of God today has really grabbed your heart. And this word of Mary has really grabbed your soul. And if you feel God clearly calling you maybe to refocus your life, there's some people and you've drifted a little bit towards the end of this year because of pressure and challenges. Others are really getting a sense of, hey, what God's going to do next year, and I'm all in. But before I give an opportunity for salvation call, I just feel the Holy Spirit tugging at a whole lot of hearts saying, are you willing to have that same spirit like Mary? To not just have your own plans, but to say, God, are these really your plans? There's a few people here, God's actually adjusting some plans today that you felt stirred to do this or that. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but you need to just say, Lord, is that your preferred plan for me at this next season of my life? You just need to ask that question. And it mightn't change. It might just be a refocus. There's others and you're unsure. But the Spirit of God's calling. And as our eyes are closed, just in this holy moment, I want to ask you, what's the Holy Spirit asking of you? Are you willing to say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to step up and believe for the impossible. I'm willing just to be available and serve in whatever that looks like. And there's a whole pile of people here. I just want to ask you, if, that's, if that word's coming in, you're saying, I want to have that spirit of Mary, that I'm going to receive it, I'm going to believe it, I'm going to confess it, I'm going to act on it. Why don't you take a moment and lift your hands and surrender and say, Lord, that's me.
Just right across this place. This is not a salvation call. This is just to say, I'm available. I'm willing to just be yours. I'm just willing to serve. I'm willing to step up. Lord, I'm willing. It doesn't mean you haven't been willing, but you're just reaffirming that. For some people, this is a really big step of saying, God, I'm willing to to do what you've called me to do. Lord, I'm, I'm willing. I just see there's a surrender of heart. And I just see the Spirit of God right now just confirming. Some of you right now are feeling a witness in your spirit. Just a, You're feeling an anointing, a stirring in your heart right now. Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, for everyone in this place that would feel the witness of your Spirit, the stirring of God over every heart. Saying, Lord, we're willing, we're available. We receive and we believe and we surrender and we will act and step out on what you've called us to do. And Lord, I declare... I declare your word of blessing and favour over this place. Lord, for every young person, Lord, every middle-aged, married person, every single person, Holy Spirit, let your anointing grab our hearts and you would overshadow us, Lord. I pray for your overshadowing like the Holy Spirit overshadows and you would birth new things in our souls. Like you birth, Lord, that baby Jesus in Mary's womb, you would birth things in our spirit, oh God. You would birth fresh things that will change our community. Lord, you would birth things that would shake our families. You would birth things that would push out and break through those limitations over our lives. Spirit of the Lord, I declare that right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.